What's up, everybody? Episode 307 of the All You Can Hear podcast. I am one of your three tenacious, determined, loyal, hardworking, strong, sexy co-host Tanner. And with me, as per usual, bouncing and punching and twerking and dancing Colt, because that's my fighting style. Wenzel of the wind fighting style. Whoa! And uh, shout out blow uh, into your ear. Oh, Oh, that's that's, oh, that'd be kind of annoying. Let me try. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, he's my fighting style. You're not good. You're not good. I'm just I'm training. So we hope y'all liked our new intro. That will be you. (laughs) 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 That will be used uh, for all. Let's just get right into it. Welcome to the Summer of Fisting! Yeah! Uh, that, that was me clapping. I wasn't doing oh. the intro again. <laughs> I was doing the intro again. And yeah, if no. you're confused about the title, it is exactly what you think uh, it is. And uh, we're not going to clarify, but you know what it is. Well, I would hope so. It's, it's uh, fisting. Since, since Enter the Dragon is also in the episode title. I mean, there's probably something that involves fisting called Enter the Dragon. Oh, yeah, like uh, yeah. Bad Dragon. Hmm. Or, I mean, you could do a lot with that. I mean, dragon can mean penis. Mm-hmm. Or well, flashlight that's like the, dragon-themed. Yeah, Well, right? the huge... um, Aren't like the really, really, really big dildos referred to as dragon dragons. dildos? Yeah, they're bad yeah. dragons. That's why I said yeah. that. And I mean, I enter to... the dragon, you know, like. Wow. Mouth really? Dragon, somebody's <laughs> asshole. <laughs> wow. I guess this movie exactly had. what we're here to talk about. This movie had more of a pop culture significance than I thought. Yeah. Thank you, Bruce Lee. <laughs> thank you. Uh, but if you don't know, just a quick little. What are we doing? Uh, Colt Winslow and I thought it'd be fun to kind of pick like a. I don't. I don't. They're not explicitly like kung fu movies but they're movies with heavy reliance on hand-to-hand combat uh yeah for for the summer uh it will be june and july and we picked a movie from the 70s the 80s 90s 2000s and 2010s uh maybe i should i've had that list of what we're actually doing just yeah i was gonna i was gonna say that to you because i don't know what's on the list guess what already found it so damn, that was nice. so fast. We Just are like doing, you know me. We are doing Enter the Dragon, which is today's episode. Yay! And, and we're doing it every other week. Uh, so there'll be like a normal AYCH episode. Should be a normal AYCH episode in between all of these, but we're doing it every other week. So this first episode will be Enter the Dragon. Uh, the next episode we do is in the '80s. We'll be doing Police Story. Yep. Our 1990s movie will be Legend of Drunken Master. Our 2000s movie is Kung Fu Hustle. 
and our 2010s movie, which was chosen by Wenzel, is what kind of kicked off all this, will be The Raid. Yes, because uh, this this started with really Tanner's interest and then kind of like, I feel like Twitter, just Twitter talk. And then it was like, yeah, we need to watch some and I need to get everybody on the fucking raid. And I need to get on more martial arts films. So, yeah, I I think that's the biggest takeaway from this is like, because we all watched this together at my house and we were like, man, we should watch more of these. Yep. Uh, So, yeah, so we're here today. We're here to talk a little bit about Enter the Dragon. It is a 50-year-old movie. We're not taking you scene by scene. We're not going to give you a fucking plot synopsis because at the end of the day, it is a kung fu movie from the early 70s. But also, this movie fucking rocks. Uh, because you just said uh, we're not gonna give you a plot synopsis, and I look at the doc and it says, "Oh, I, okay, I, I, okay, we are giving a plot synopsis. I guess, but like a, you well, know, if we're gonna talk about the movie. We got to talk about what it's about for those. Who probably uh, yes, know. yes, we're not we gonna are, tell you what it's oh, about. <laughs> we are gonna tell you. Okay, say just, like, damn, that was cool. Huh? Google Enter the Dragon. Safe search off. Image only. Wait, what? <laughs> okay, I, I agree. i haven't podcasted in a long time i have forgotten the uh spoken english language as a result (laughs) i've been gone for a month so i agree oh Uh, yeah wenzel was gone yeah wenzel's back we flew him in just for this we're like wenzel we have to get a fucking podcast out you're coming home today wenzel's been home for about two weeks but yeah um He's coming home today. We bought yeah. our troops home. That was the AYCH promise. We sent Wenzel on assignment to the Philippines. And our promise since day one of the podcast was get our boy home. And that's, yep, exactly. Thank you, Joe Biden. We fucking did it. They flew, they flew me first class, all you can eat buffet. Yep. <laughs> it was the Air Force One. Now, we did have to trade the most notorious arms dealer in global history yeah my name is him i wasn't kidnapped or anything i wouldn't hear no, on vacation <laughs> no um and also we also had to pay for wenzel's ticket yeah that, we we forgot to put that in the trade yeah but i think we came out better on top yeah i guess wenzel yeah. uh <laughs> so do you want to tell us how you s- s- smuggled 200 pounds of marijuana into the philippines Jesus Christ, don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. Banned. <laughs> I, the, no, oh, man. Man, it's crazy. I, I was reading, you know, there's like wrestlers that wrestle in Japan. Back in like, even as recently as like 2017, 2018, there was a wrestler that took like, uh, had like a vape pen in Japan. They just put him in jail for like six months. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, no, it's I mean. Pretty it, fucked. Uh, yeah, um, and if you can imagine it being pretty fucked in the Philippines for drugs as well, it is. So, uh... oh. But Wenzel did bring me back a cool toy, so I guess we'll yeah, let him off the hook did. this time. Yeah. yeah, I was able to smuggle those out. I didn't smuggle anything out. I just no. Well, I don't know. We've out. seen the pictures, Wenzel! Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Uh, before we get started, uh, I also want to say kind of to go on the bit of I don't know how to talk because uh, I haven't podcasted in a little bit. Uh, yesterday in Barnes Noble, I was looking for books to read because uh, I'm on vacation right now. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to buy some books. So I got some books, but Riley kept trying to help me 
get books. And I, I haven't been a huge reader for like the last 10 years. I haven't really read heavily since high school. And uh, <laughs> she kept saying, oh, you should read this. And she would get really mad at me. I'd be like, Riley, I don't know how to fucking read. Barnes and Noble. <laughs> I was like, that's why I only get manga. And so I kept like every time like she would. And we were, we were also in a different city. We were in Huntsville yesterday. Uh, she was like, oh, you should read this. I was like, I don't know how to fucking read. And then I just go back to the manga. <laughs> it was a pretty good bit. It was a pretty good bit. <laughs> And she got really mad at me, but I ended up buying four books. So nice. No manga. No, no uh, actually, no manga. Oh my! God. Believe it or not, they had a ton of manga. I mean, f- fuck, this is not the podcast for it. But they had a ton of manga since the last time we went when we went back in April, and they have way more figures now. Yeah, that was a very cool picture you sent. Uh, I will say the Barnes and Noble here locally, their selection of stuff has gotten a little more organized and better. I will say. Well, gangster. that's great. They probably did that while you were gone. They were like, all right, guys, we have a month till Wenzel gets back. Just win him over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Y'all want to talk about inter- have... No. Hold on. I'm talking about this right now. So they okay. actually did win me over. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say that. <laughs> ah. <laughs> that's fucking great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, because, like, even before I left, their selection for, like, everything just got better. And that's because, like, there's this whole thing about restructure their whole restructuring because somebody there's a new owner of barnes and noble like the corporate corporate so it's yeah anyway let's talk about this movie how much is barnes and noble worth (laughs) what is going on barnes and noble is worth interesting really out of pocket for you colt this is really out of pocket um how much do y'all think barnes and noble is worth like uh I'm gonna say 750. I don't know. Uh, like, mm, they're huge. Uh, uh, I'm gonna say 700 4 million. Billion. That can't be right. What? Revenue, net income. Ooh, Tanner, you can't do this to us. Their total equity is like 400 million dollars. What? Wow, we we're close. Yeah, I, w- I did not say four billion. So yeah, their, their operating income. Granted, this is fiscal year 2019. This is the latest info I can get. But their operating income for fiscal year 2019 was only 38 million dollars. What? Is America not reading? What the no. hell? I bet like. 30 of that is uh, manga. $30 million pure manga. That does beg the question. Barnes Noble founded in 1886. Wow. Okay. All right. Enter the dragon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We should probably talk about that. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Enter the dragon. Every I, And we'll all take turns, like, taking, taking the rain on this. But, again, th- this... Th- when I hear Enter the Dragon, I feel like this is the movie that everybody like starts their kung fu movies or like martial art movie obsession with. Like it, it seems the most accessible, like in a way with like oh you you which like now in the zeitgeist like oh you have Bruce Lee who's like the guy for these movies. Yeah, and yeah. also it's in English, so it was like very accessible to weirdos that don't want to watch something that's in a different language yeah 
Um, I, I will say, we're watching this movie, and we we all know it came out in 73, and we start talking about when Bruce Lee died, and Colt said, like, 1969, four years prior to this movie. Um, and I said, there's no way. And so we Googled, Bruce Lee died in 73. Yeah. Yeah. I, yep. Okay. So if you would have asked me prior to Friday when we we're watching this movie when Bruce Lee died, I would have said 2004. What the fuck? <laughs> That's weird. Why? I just had no idea. Okay. Yeah, no, no I, I knew he died young, and that was like the big thing was the fact that he died young. So this film was his final film appearance. He died on July 20th, 1973. And this film released in Hong Kong six days after his death. So July 26, 1973. Damn. Yeah. That is crazy. So. And this movie only had a budget of $850,000. Yeah. So I was I was looking over like their like that. And I was completely blown away by how much this movie made. Um. Four hundred million dollars, which in today's money, with inflation from twenty twenty two, is over two billion dollars. It made worldwide. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and just for reference, you're like, well, eight hundred fifty thousand dollars in nineteen seventy three. How much is that? That's all. That's still less than six million dollars in today's money. So, and that and that's considered low budget. Oh yeah, under six million today would be extremely low budget. I mean, you're talking fucking like indie indie movie. Like, like that's not even like a twenty four. That's like some guy has rich parents and they got a fucking camcorder. That's fucked up. Like this earned four hundred times more than its budget, which is just that is incredibly successful. For reference, the budget for the first Jackass movie was ten million dollars. Jesus, that's that's the think about like what they do in there. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, when you think I about what. When you what, think about yeah. what the, what they do in especially in the first movie, like there's not even any like super high risk stuff. It's just dudes with a fucking camcorder. Yeah, and the no, budget for that was that. still ten million dollars. What did they pay? Like, what were they paying for? Was it like hospital bills for destroyed nuts? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, assume, dragon, I, I, I mean, I assume ass. the guys just got paid fairly well. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, which is great. But I mean, because it, it it did become a bit of a commercial success, grossing over eighty million dollars. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So this movie cost half a jackass. Yes, and it, it does. Made way more. God, that's crazy. Yeah, dude. Um. Yeah, adjusted yeah. for inflation, this would be one of the highest grossing movies ever. Yeah, um, I mean, I believe so. Adjusted for, inf I mean, oh, two billion dollars in today's money. I mean, what the highest grossing well, movie ever is? What barely over three? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, this is considered one of the most profitable movies of all time, as well as the most successful martial arts film. Um, yeah. Adjusted again, adjusted for inflation. I would think this would be the most profitable movie of all time. I mean, if you adjust it for inflation, I mean, I, again, I guess it's hard to do, but and box office four hundred million. It costs less than a million. This movie made four hundred legitimate million dollars. 
That's fucking, fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay, so Avatar is currently the highest grossing movie ever with $2.9 billion, and that's in today's money. So, like, I mean, it would be hard to adjust everything for inflation on here, but if you just did everything for inflation, Enter the Dragon would come in at, like, seventh. But what about Avatar adjusted, adjusted for inflation? I ass- no th- that Avatar number is adjusted for inflation. Oh, oh okay. Um, because Avatar's still making money because yeah. they're fucking releasing it every, you know, two and a half weeks. We should probably talk about Enter the Dragon. Yeah. So, uh, this is directed by Robert Klaus. It's uh, and uh, its runtime is also only an hour and forty two minutes, so it's not too long. Almost two hours. Um, it flew nice. by too. Yeah, it was, we it were was a very quick hundred minutes. Yeah, and uh, should mention too the fighting style for this movie specifically is MMA. Uh, it's mixed martial arts, so like it's just a mix of so many different fighting styles. Um, it's pretty crazy. I, I I thought that was pretty cool because this is uh re- really through uh MMA into popularity. Yeah, like, I I guess it is crazy because, like, even, like, I mean, the term, even the term mixed martial arts did not exist in this movie. They just keep referring to it as a martial arts tournament. Like, the term MMA really, or mixed martial arts, didn't even come into, like, the lexicon of culture to, like, the late 80s, early 90s. And this is 73. Like, for, like, I'm trying to think. Like a lot of people like to point to that Antonio Inoki versus Muhammad Ali exhibition thing as like the first MMA fight. And I'm trying to remember, and that that didn't happen for three more years after this. That happened in '76. <clears throat> so it, this movie just, from a pop culture standpoint, kind of, I, and I, you know, there probably are movies that take this but like as we've already talked about like this just made so much money this was just the most successful one of those but i mean still it did it three years before anoki ali which already was like 15 years ahead of its time when it happened so i mean i I don't it's kind it's kind of crazy like it makes you think like if bruce lee would have like lived how Like, the whole trajectory of, like, mixed martial arts around the world would be probably completely different. Like, we would probably gotten something like the UFC in America, like, 15 years before we actually did. Yeah, Yeah. that is is a crazy thought. Yeah, because I mean, rich as shit. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, obviously, we had, like, boxing. I mean, boxing was huge in the 60s and 70s. But nobody was really being like, oh, fuck, we should get these random karate guys fighting like sumo like the first ufc shows were truly mixed martial art no weight classes or anything and we didn't have like i said ufc didn't come around till the 90s pride in japan didn't come around till the 90s so it's kind of fucking crazy to think like if bruce lee would have lived if we would have gotten something like pride or ufc or somewhere in the world like as a televised event cuz obviously there's you know we have proof that you know, it was happening in Brazil in like the 80s, 70s and 80s with the Gracies. 
um, bunch of frauds. But anyways, it's just crazy to think about like what like the whole world of sport is already different thanks in large part to this movie but how much different could it have been if you know bruce lee didn't tragically die so young yeah absolutely um it's just wild too like uh i mean really thinking about the term mixed martial arts because that's that's why you can't really nail down anything in this film is because everybody is using like a mix of whatever fighting style they learned like i because i tried i say this because this is i thought this is fascinating because i was trying to look up okay what are these what are the fighting styles that they're using in this film and it's like it was i can never find anything concrete because it was like everybody was using a style but they were doing like they were mixing it because it's mixed martial arts. And then especially Bruce Lee, he had his own style which yeah. there was a specific kick that he uses in this film that apparently is, was only unique to him that he created that now uh, schools, I think will teach it. Because, That's pretty cool. Like, it, 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 it's just, yeah, it was just something he done because the style that he was using wasn't taught in any other school. So it, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Like, some of these some of these guys in here now I have this notable uh actors and character list the, the characters that are on here these are the ones that are really the most important the ones we see the most all these people except for probably maybe one one person here all of them can like they all know MMA they all know martial arts like all of them can fight especially Jim Kelly he actually won several fights um and they actually kind of like show that a little bit in the film or they kind of like um kind of hint to that that like that like they or they use it in the film is that like you know he's won fights well he actually has won several fights in real life um he he was the um he was williams jim kelly played williams yeah the the he had the cool afro yeah he did but uh oh wow i did not really yeah jim i'm reading about jim kelly right now and like i like First black martial arts film star with you know makes I mean it's the early seventies yeah that makes sense, but like his acting credits are like le- like after this movie kind of shot him into like a leading man for the rest of the seventies, um in like the in uh like mixed martial arts movies because this this too this movie was also like the first of its kind with it being like a Hong Kong and like Hollywood co-production sort of deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So and, and, that's, that's and really it's the cool. first of its kind as well. So like going to more of its cultural significance, like I said, I have this little tidbit here about it is uh, it's actually one of the first, it's among the first films to combine martial arts action with spy film elements and mm-hmm. the emerging black exploitation genre. Yeah. And um, because of its success, it led to, more production of martial arts and black exploitation um being like working in tandem together so i yeah it's absolutely just amazing like crazy also wenzel you'll find this int- i don't know if you knew this uh jim kelly trained in uh the okinawan karate style like a yeah. the karate style specifically unique to okinawa that's really cool yeah, no, I, I I did knew that know that I uh, that was something I did look into. That's also Karate Kid. Uh, that's what they use. Uh, I think Karate. Uh, 
I think karate might actually be to be unique to Okinawa. Hold on. I got to look this up. But yeah, right. it, this movie just. And two, I, one thing I said at the very front of this movie was it is a miracle of technology. We have movies from 50 years ago, especially, you know, a movie with such a low budget look as good as it does. Like, because this movie looked gorgeous. Um, the, like we just rented it, but I mean, it, it's incredible that like 10 years prior or 15 years prior, there's still movies in like black and white, uh, you know, just kind of coming out of the silent era. And, you know, we have this movie that is actually legit, a half century old that looks fucking incredible <laughs> that just shows like out of people taking care of it, I guess. And like, we have like, just, it looks like we were there. Like some yeah. of it just looks so clean. Yeah, it's, it's very, it's very the way clean. The colors were. Yeah, I, I guess it was just because uh, of the seventies. Beautiful colors, man. I really enjoy the seventies colors. I know they're like kind of pukey, but they're really nice. Well, you know, it always depends too on like directors and how films hold up over time. But I should say too, uh, looking here at the the um, visit Okinawa their their website here about traditional culture okinawa is the birthplace of karate i just wanted to mention that but yeah. that's where it comes from but um yeah no uh the film like how it holds up even today it still looks gorgeous um and that's probably due to the fact that of how successful it was so it's been maintained and kept um preserved quite well over time and um yeah it just it holds up considerably uh Let's go. Let's kind of go back into some order here. Um, so, synopsis for anybody who needs to know: uh, Bruce Lee plays a character just called Lee. Um, he is a skilled martial artist and instructor from Hong Kong. He is approached by a British intelligence agent. Um, he does have a name, but honestly, the guy was so fucking unimportant. I just didn't include him here. I'm sorry. Um, Literally in two scenes in the whole movie. Two scenes. Uh, yep. <laughs> who's investigating a suspected crime lord, Han, played by uh, Sek Kin. Uh, Lee is hired to go undercover and participate in Han's martial arts tournament on his private island in an attempt to investigate and recover evidence of drug trafficking and human trafficking. And this is where we get John Saxon playing as Roper, Jim Kelly playing as Williams, uh, Anna Capri playing tania which i did include her because she was the lover of roper who for some reason we'd never see it just dies off dies screen. screen yeah she just falls over and hits her head she or just something. she's dead yeah it was <laughs> fucked and, and then at the two at the end of the movie roper's just like well that's how the dice rolls yeah he just comes <laughs> out <laughs> yeah, he, he, I, he actually like exchanges a thumbs up with bruce lee at the end of the movie like we did it like, it's like dude everybody's dead your babe is gone like yeah and i'm pretty sure you were very uh whatever anyway uh robert wallace o'hara uh angela mao ying as su lin and then bolo Jung. i think that's how you say his name uh as bolo bolo yeah, fucking ruled bolo was fucking cool dude was beefy and he... all he would do is grunt he would grunt and then he would fold people. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Like that was pretty crazy. Bolo's still alive. He's a uh, 76 years old. He's an old man. Yep. Yeah. Also, yeah, Bolo is is Chong Lee from Bloodsport, if if y'all 
I don't know what that is. I mean, I know what it is, but I haven't seen it. Y'all got to yeah, watch Bloodsport. I, I, Blood I, I really wish we could have got Bloodsport on here, but y'all got to watch Bloodsport because Bloodsport fucking rules. I mean, it doesn't mean we can't do another summer of fisting. Yeah, this is not the last summer that's ever happening. Uh, we don't know. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We, we, we don't know, but uh, yeah, anyways. Yeah, he. it's so cool, too, because like obviously he's like a legitimate like mix or like a like he does kung fu and stuff but like in the movie he's just this buff guy and literally he kills somebody on screen by holding him like a fucking baby yeah he does like he just holds like, him I mean, like a baby and he goes and he holds him just like a baby but like what he's doing is he's bending him he's folding him literally yeah. like a fucking book it was yeah. so crazy oh my god um gosh uh where do we start though really uh oh uh so this is uh I, this is something also i thought was interesting uh is this everybody's first uh bruce lee film yeah this is a very first bruce lee movie i've ever seen this definitely the first one that i have a memory of i it's yeah. definitely possible like 20 years ago it was on tv and it was on and i watched it but this is the first one that i consciously remember like watching so, yeah i yeah it's the same way for me I'm, I'm fairly certain my dad probably showed me one but i was so young i don't remember but bruce lee is so iconic you know we've everybody's seen him so much so. yeah 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 that's the thing like you Fuck, you probably don't even ever have to have watched a film, and I think Bruce Lee could be a name you could pull out of a hat, and you would know that. I would be like, oh, Bruce Lee, he was the the martial art guy. He was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yellow, or yellow suit guy, because that's also what he's famous for. Yeah, um, the Kill Bill stuff. Stole it! Uh, but what, We're coming for you, Quentin! <laughs> what did we... Uh, <laughs> What do we think of his uh, performance? I thought it was very fun. It was very um, super serious. And uh, he was a ladies man. Everybody he, loved him. Dude, you could. He was unpinchable, first of all. Not an ounce of body fat on this man. Oh, no. None. Yeah. We, and we see almost every ounce of him in the very beginning in the first fight in the movie because he is wearing what I can only describe as a thong. Um, so I, I, yeah. even his butt is, was muscular. I've never seen an ass that chiseled. I mean, you would have to go into some of the world's greatest museums to see, I, I mean, it was, it was like somebody took a hammer and just crafted the perfect man. Um, now if Bruce Lee was six, two, I mean, he would have been the perfect man. Jesus. <laughs> uh yeah no dude is uh i mean dude's jacked and i remember i remember learning uh vaguely over time just you know he was very strict about um about his diet and about um how he how he exercised how he worked out it's uh so it makes sense for him to be like that which is also crazy too that that he looks like that he looks so just jacked chiseled but then i remember learning too is that like for a lot of like I want to say like maybe celebrities or actors or maybe just men in general who are like 
were working out. There's I just remember off the wall just hearing about this trainer who was talking about this about all these guys who come in and they talk about like how they want to work out and this is kind of the ideal body they want. And it's always the ideal body that they state is Brad Pitt from Fight Club. And okay. don't get me wrong, Brad Pitt looks, you know, all right. I mean, he looks, you know, but I'm like, what about Bruce Lee? Like, dude is crazy. Like, I think the problem with Bruce Lee is that, like, his build it is just fucking unobtainable. Yeah, so, and th- but but that was crazy too. Is that he told every every guy who he that came to him that said that, literally he told them he's like it's impossible to get that physique. Yeah, of Brad Pitt, and I'm just like I'm like Jesus, like and you know with Bruce Lee too. I'm like that is that is tough. Yeah, <laughs> so, like <laughs> so I'm reading Bruce Lee, uh, actually bulked up uh for this movie, and. Still, he was only 135 pounds. Wow. Filming this movie. Five foot seven, 135 pounds. Yeah. That's fucking absurd. Like, but, and it's crazy too, because obviously, as we all know, muscle uh, weighs more than fat, and he's just fucking muscle. He's just, just a pure muscle. There, there's nothing. Him, also, Jim Kelly in this movie is fucking ripped too like i didn't oh, even think yeah. <laughs> eight packs existed in in the 70s and jim kelly comes out got a fucking eight pack bolo he's not like he's yoked yeah like, he's meat he's not shredded but he's like a just a big motherfucker uh yeah and, and then you have fucking <laughs> roper it's just uh, this white guy. It just we looks never, like a dude. <laughs> like, never, I'm sure, we, obviously in great shape, but like, it just looks like a dude. We never see him. Like, we always see him in turtlenecks, or if we do get a little bit of a shot of his chest, uh, he's just hairy. <laughs> yeah, and it's also funny because they never explicitly say how old he's supposed to be in the movie, but I assume he's only supposed to be like 35 in the movie. Uh, and he looks like he could be my grandfather. Yeah, he he's gray haired. Um, he was late thirties uh, in the movie, though. When he, the his real age was really yeah yeah. I'm looking right here. He's born in thirty six, which means in seventy three he would have been thirty seven. Jesus Ow. Christ, man! I'm telling you, people I mean, just age quicker back then. Uh, yeah, uh, probably doesn't help with all the drinking and the cigarettes, the, the lead, the lead, uh, the asbestos, um, the war, wars. Yeah, but you can yeah. get over that stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah, um, and damn, just, and he didn't die till 2020. Sorry, but no, I wow, uh, yeah, and he died of pneumonia in 2020, so ah. Very likely could have been COVID related. Man, that's fucking crazy. Also, uh, he is he what? He was interred? What the what does that mean? What? It, it says he was interred at Lakeview Cemetery in Seattle, Washington. He apparently he's buried near Bruce Lee. Oh, I guess they were good friends, maybe. But is Bruce Lee buried in Seattle? Maybe. That I, seems weird. I, 
I don't know, actually. Oh, wow. And he died in Murfreesboro. That's like two and a half hours from here. All right. Back to the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bruce Lee is buried in Seattle. Ah. Why? Probably because it's where he died. Bruce. Man. We're about to go down the fucking rabbit hole. Buckle up. I mean, we didn't have to look this stuff up for this episode, but now that it's here, it's like, well, we gotta know. Yeah, like, I mean... Why is he buried in Seattle? If you know why Bruce Lee was buried in Seattle, please let us know. Yeah, he, uh... At AYCH Podcast. Apparently he collapsed in Hong Kong. That's where he had the, uh, heart problem. It wasn't a heart problem, it was a brain problem. Oh, yeah, brain, yeah. 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 That doesn't make... Oh, his wife... Uh, reading here, Lee's wife, Linda, returned to her hometown of Seattle. So, he, she, he, she had him buried in her hometown. Well, it says right here, Lee considers, according to his family, he considered it his home. Yeah. So they yeah. buried him there. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Mystery solved. Wow. Oh, I never knew that, though. I had no idea that he had any ties whatsoever to Seattle. Wow. Um. Anyway, back to the movie. Um, speaking of <laughs> opening scenes, uh, how what do we what do we think of the opening scene? Did it did it pull us in? Was it was it enough to get us? I mean, we had to watch it anyway, but. Honestly, I'm trying to remember the scene and I can't. But if you were to tell me, I would. No, I won't tell you. It was the the first scene. I assume you're talking about the fight at the very beginning of the movie between Bruce I, Lee and you know that's whoever the thing. Yeah, is even though I remember the fight, there's the scene afterwards where Bruce Lee is talking to one of the masters, mm -hmm. and it goes on for so long. I'm yeah. just like, what the fuck? Yeah, and like that, it. it Sorry, yeah, there's about there's about 35 minutes of the movie. Again, keep in mind it's only an hour 40, but the first 35 minutes is like, hey, here's this character. Here's his backstory. Here's this character. Here's his backstory. Uh it's really funny too because like we get Roper's backstory as they're like going to Hans Island and he's like playing golf and he's a gambling addict and he's like <laughs> fuck, I got to fight these people. Jim Kelly's uh, backstory literally looked like he just wandered in a taekwondo class and he was like this is now my life I have to do this forever and yeah. he got invited to Han's martial arts to tournament be, to be fair Jim Kelly's character Williams was just walking home and he ended up getting harassed by policemen yeah. and he ended up having to beat the policemen up and stole their car yeah stole the cop car and he drove from uh, Hawaii to Hong Kong in the stolen police car so yep. he he's uh I mean for he's escaping the law and then yeah. Roper's escaping, you know, gambling. Crime, at, yeah. And then Bruce yeah. Lee's sister was murdered by somebody who's also in the tournament. Yeah. 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 And then all and uh, yeah, so. Yeah, so everybody has their reasons, I guess. But yeah, the like I I that talking scene between him and the master really took over my memory rather than the fight itself. 
See, so, I thought the I, I thought the fight at the beginning was just so weird because again, they're like almost naked. Like and yeah, you got to get almost naked to fight, bro. It, it was Bruce Lee, and it was like I I don't even the guy whoever he was fighting is an unnamed character, but it was so funny because it's like a bigger dude, but the bigger dude's like busting off fucking backflips and shit, like avoiding oh, yeah, yeah. Bruce Lee's kicks. <laughs> And then Bruce I mean, Lee yeah. eventually submits him, but it's just really funny. It's like this dude who's not like built or anything, but it's like flipping all over the place. And Bruce Lee, you know, eventually submits him. But it's really funny too. Like that's the first memory of the movie. Oh, also Bruce Lee randomly hitting the fucking kid. Yeah. Right after the fight, oh. where he oh, keeps yeah. telling the kid to kick him, and he's like, "No, kick with uh, emotion. This is a performance." And he does it again, literally the exact same kick. He's like, anger's not an emotion. <laughs> well, no, he says, he says, use, use, use your emotions, but not anger. Or something. Yeah, not anger. It seems like Bruce Lee was moving the goalpost for this kid. <laughs> <laughs> Which I should uh, like. So what's interesting about Bruce Lee is that there's been so many like parodies or like impressions done of him. And it's really something else to actually see how he talks and performs. Um, and like, it seems like he's very meticulous with his words, but at the same time, he's so serious. I don't, I don't really know how to explain it. It's not really bad, but it's just, it's so, I don't know. It's way different than any, movie now like i i think it's probably just part of it is just like a product of its time because like also you have bruce lee like breaking all these stereotypes and stuff and he i I don't know he was probably like was like i gotta do like the fucking i have to be an door to uh to get people to like respect me but also he just kicked ass and that's how you know, that's what we know him as now. I, and again, I think too, part of it is just like the product of being 50 years removed from it. Yeah. Maybe people were just a little weirder in the 70s. Oh, yes. 100%. That's that was probably <laughs> true. Yeah. Because because honestly, honestly, I could say that about any person's performance in this movie where it's like it, it's serious and it's good, but it's also strange. And I can say that about any fucking actor in this movie. So well, see, that's what maybe people are just a little weird. Well, that's what's interesting too about this. And I think that might have to do something to do with the dub. So what did everybody think about the dub? I thought it was pretty well done. It was lining up really well. There was like maybe one or two characters where the dub was like, they just gave up and they didn't know how to fucking accurately dub over that. Cause it looked like, they weren't they were not speaking english in that scene yeah well what's in, uh what's interesting about that is i i didn't realize this because i looked this up because i i had a feeling that them dubbing over them so the characters spoke english but they were there was a clearly they were talking over like they were clearly recorded in post production and yeah. the reason why was because so this film was shot in location in hong kong and it's a local film practice to film it without sound and dialogue and sound effects were added or dubbed in during post-production. And I, I just, I did not know that. And I was like, well, that makes sense. And then it's just interesting too, for decades, films were typically shot silent with all, again, with all dialogue and stuff dubbed afterwards. 
Um, it was part of a hectic and low-budget industry. This method was faster and more cost-efficient than recording live sound. And um, it also makes sense for them to be able to use different dialects for different regions. Um, I, I was... I was like, you know, that's so simple, but so smart. I, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, and, and it says here, too, that sometimes even um, actors would either mouth silently or they just recite numbers whenever oh. they were talking. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, that's probably what that one guy was doing. Yeah, I was about okay. to say, you can definitely see that in the movie, too. Um, or uh, there's one scene, Bruce, oh, fuck, I can't remember, Bruce Lee's talking, I, I believe it's like the, the master at the beginning of the movie, where the master is looking away from the camera, but you can still yeah. see his, his like cheek and his mouth very clearly is not moving, but he is talking. Yeah, uh, it's very, it's yeah. very fun. <laughs> I guess and, that uh, makes the- sense too, especially with like the, but I mean, again, you're talking about an $850,000 budget, a ma- how much money they probably save not having to worry about I, I don't know what kind of sound equipment existed in, in the 70s but but you didn't have to have any of it and then this most of the movie was filmed outside so you used natural light so i guess yeah. th- th- those were ways to to cut cost yeah uh and it's it's just interesting too because if you watch a, l- a lot of other films from the 70s if they're you know if they're not filmed in hong kong or you know, depending on who's doing it, I mean, you don't really experience uh, this. So I thought, like, that's why I thought this was uniquely to these kind of, uh, to this industry, to this region. And um, there's something, that, oh yeah, and then also too, it would, uh, sometimes the dub would be do- done by a different performer to help get that performer more out there. Was Bruce Lee still voiced by Bruce Lee? Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, everybody was voiced by it themselves. Yeah. Oh, okay. I I, I Why did didn't find you do your it... own research. <laughs> <laughs> I did find it funny though, because towards the end of the movie, like right before the final fight, like for whatever reason, they everybody has been speaking English the whole time. The dude just starts yelling in Chinese. Yeah. I, like they, yeah. they they didn't bother dubbing over it. I, I do I wonder why. And then part of me was like, I wonder if that was like the hot, because again, this is a co-production between Hollywood and Hong Kong. I wonder if that was the, the Hollywood way of signifying, be like, we have to show that this guy's evil. He has to speak Chinese. <laughs> it's, it's Hollywood possible. being yeah, but I mean, Like, I'm, especially, I mean, fuck, especially in the seventies. Like I, I was thinking, I was like, I, I, I'm pr- probably why they did that. I was like, it had to have been because he's the only guy that spoke Ch- any other language in the movie. Yeah, I mean, granted, I he also killed one of our main protagonists, so you should have already known he was evil. Which, but again, which bullshit. Yeah, it was a stupid death scene. Like, like out of all the people uh, to have gotten killed, why was it the guy that was probably the most skilled? At, like, besides Bruce Lee, like it yeah. was freaking. It should have uh, been Roper. Yeah, it should have been Roper. Roper is a fucking fraud. He sucked. Like, the entire movie was him losing. Oh, yeah, let's talk about Roper's fucking fight. Explain (laughs) to me how he loses three, or he drops three rounds. Yeah. Uh, But we only see him win one round, and then he just walks off like he won. Yeah, so Roper, being a gambling addict that he is, told Williams to do a bet for him with this other guy who had a Hitler mustache. 
um never seen again in the entire movie by the way never seen uh (laughs) to do basically an eight to three odds and for some reason he goes down three times but then wins like tanner said once (laughs) it makes no sense oh and also he kicked the guy in the dick which yeah (laughs) which which like fine like i mean i don't even i don't even think low blows were illegal in like actual modernized mma to like the early 2000s but still he he kicked the guys in the balls and then he just turned around and was like that's how you do it boys so what the fuck are you doing I'm pretty sure there wasn't an honor system for this fight. I mean, I, obviously not. I just don't understand how he could get his ass kicked three times and then kick a guy in the dick once and is like, one, want- two, three, baby. What I tell you? And then meanwhile, just sitting there, it's like, I didn't fucking, you lost the fight, motherfucker. <laughs> you lost. You just kicked the guys in the balls. I don't know. But- that money says otherwise. Yeah, it's also funny, too, because Roper is super in debt. And then before he goes to this tournament, he's like, how much is in my bank account, sweetie? And the, the woman's like, $60.43. He's like, I leave every penny to you. <laughs> and then he goes off. Well, and then then, the woman's like, I think you're going to need it more than me. Yeah, she's like, I don't need it. And then he goes, and every scene we see him in, he's like, oh, fuck up. I'll, like even when they're on the boat going to Hans Island, he's like, oh. "I'll take I'll take this praying mantis five to one." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So okay, on the boat ride to the island, they're they have they're uh, watching praying mantis fight, and then of course he bets and he ends up losing fifty dollars. Yeah, which <laughs> he didn't. And really there's have. no such thing as electronic banking in the seventies. So he had to have withdrew all his money before he went. Which was $60. <laughs> Which was $60.43. Also, we had an ethics co- conversation during the praying mantis, because one praying mantis very obviously dies. Yeah, that was yeah. something, because we were thinking about, like, okay, so obviously for animals and stuff, you know, birds or mammals or, I mean, mostly that. I mean, even, like... Because I know for there was another movie, I want to say it might have been Cannibal Holocaust, but there's uh, tortoises or very large turtles that are cl- yeah, very clearly that was Cannibal killed. Holocaust. So like, you know, where's the line? Like, do insects because insects are animals? They're in the kingdom of animals. Is that considered animal cruelty or is it because they're tiny? Like, where's and, the line? I mean, but, it was animal cruelty, but the time frame it. They it wasn't really as frowned upon as it is now because we had Milo say, and Otis in the eighties with the dogs and the cats dying multiple times when they filmed it. You say that, but how many insects between the seventies and now have been killed live on camera? Not many because like there's not really many scenes with bugs. Like I'm trying to think. That's like, I. I mean, I mean, usually the, you you'll get like flies and stuff. I mean, but flies, like, spiders. I remember ants. watching this. I was like, man, a praying mantis seems like too sentient of an animal. And also, it's like the, the, the conversation of like, it was a praying mantis fighting another praying mantis, too. So obviously, they had to like provide. I don't know. It was weird because I remember saying while we were watching, I was like, man, imagine if this was two chickens. Yeah, well, they, they did provoke them to by uh, they put them in a cage the, and they shook it. Yeah, they shook them. Yeah. So it was just like I wonder when that started. Like obviously, again, the seventies, they didn't think anything of it. But I just wonder. I'm about. To, 
I had to sneeze, but that was so fucking. Um, Why did it sound like that? I had to sneeze. That was. Uh, <laughs> that was. Uh, I I wonder when the conversation, like in Hollywood, was like. And again, I guess maybe there's different laws in different countries. Like, I maybe a bunch of movies in Hong Kong still kill in. I don't fucking know. Um, I just wonder, like, what was the? I just thought it was weird because it's like. A cl- a closed in shot of t- these two praying mantises fighting, and then one praying mantis starts tearing the other praying mantis's legs off, and then Roper's just like, "Well, fuck, I lost five to one odds." Fifty. Oh, 50 he, he lost to gamble at yeah. the uh, island. Just the entire movie is gambling. Yeah, and yeah, he- at the end of the movie, <laughs> even though he's standing tall, and technically, I mean, he didn't win the tournament. It's him and Bruce Lee standing tall at the end. Roper is poor. How is he going to get home? He uh, he lived in America. He's in fucking Hong Kong. I mean, more than likely. Because you think Bruce Lee he... spotting him? <laughs> Honestly, you know what, Tanner? Like every gambler quits right before right they before win. they win. You're exactly right. You think he look? He took his last no. ten dollars and went to play the slots. Oh yes, Here's... indeed. No, I think what happened is, I think literally. <laughs> I say literally, no, not literally. I think if we're talking about like a scenario, uh, so remember, British intelligence came in. They they're able to, you know, get on the island, get all the criminal evidence, blah blah blah. Honestly, they probably paid Bruce Lee, and then Bruce Lee was like, "Hey, this other guy Roper here, he kind of helped me out." So they probably paid him too. Man, if or- I was Bruce Lee, I'd be like, "I've never seen this fucker in my life." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Roper did help him, like barely. First of all, the prisoners, the prisoners helped more than Roper. Oh yeah, if it and wasn't the prisoners, for the prisoners killed Roper's girlfriend. That is kind of insinuated. It could have been the prisoners that killed Jesus Christ, <laughs> his girlfriend. <laughs> um, but that hey, but that, that, that's the price you pay when yeah. the world of martial arts. And and more than likely too, since he has gambling debt. He probably didn't go back to America. He probably stayed in Hong Kong. That is true. He had a huge amount. What did they say? $175,000? Something that, like that. It was like it a was quarter of the amount. budget of this movie. Yeah. So, so. I mean, <laughs> if you just for inflation, you're probably talking about $2 million of gambling debt in the 70s. I mean, he's putting up fucking Jordan numbers. He, see, and the thing is, too, he has so many fucking turtlenecks. Yeah, that is true. He was... he. Motherfucker was wearing a literal fucking robe open with a goddamn turtleneck on. It didn't make so, any sense. I would imagine a lot of the debt comes from him buying turtlenecks. The turtlenecks? Oh, I agree. Because yeah. turtlenecks, I mean, a lot of people don't realize this, but turtlenecks didn't really exist in mainstream till Steve Jobs and Apple really blew up. So he yeah. had to get these custom made. He had to say, hey, what if I had a long sleeve shirt, but my head hole was also long sleeved? And the thing is, is the turtleneck market during the 70s, I know for a fact, was big because mm-hmm. there was a lot of 70s stuff with. Yeah. Turtle you ever watch, watch an episode of that 70s show? Uh, fucking Kelso wears turtlenecks all the time. Turtlenecks. Those are really the only characters. Those are expensive. And yeah. the ones in the 70s were made with authentic turtle, too. Yeah. Yeah. Expensive. So, yeah, well, I guess that's the podcast. Um. <laughs> uh, was- uh, speaking of the fights, by the way, what was everybody's favorite fight scene? Oh man, 
Mm, I really like the final fight. I, I know it's supposed to be the biggest, but I really liked how the main bad guy would just keep equipping new attachments. Uh, and then his final attachment was just four knives on a block of steel. <laughs> Which was yeah. cool. I, I think we cool. all agreed. It was it was cool. We would do that. Yeah, I think I got I I, I guess I'll get a little more specific. I'll say uh Lee versus Han, but specifically in the in the Hall of Mirrors or whatever. Yeah, uh, fair. Was really cool. I feel like again, I don't have the frame of reference, but I feel like that was probably pretty fucking cutting edge in 1973. Um because I even me watching the day, I'm like, how did they hide the camera? Couldn't imagine watching that in the 70s. It would melt my fucking brain. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with that. Also, it was really cool how he died. It was also funny when Bruce Lee, though, eventually was like, well, I gotta break the mirrors. But then he just, like, cracked the mirrors. Like, you could still obviously see through them, but it worked. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would have to get to the final fight too. It was a lot of fun, especially when there's a shot where they they used a double, like a like a mannequin or whatever. But Bruce Lee kicks it so fucking hard, it, 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 it's just a crazy shot because it's like you they. I will say the camera work for this was pretty damn good. So yeah, for that sh for that shot specifically, because there were there was other camera work that was not so good, but not you know nothing to harp about but anyway for that shot it was so just it was so quick that you would think that the guy han was still there and lee bruce lee just kicked the hell out of him yeah went flying like <laughs> it had to have been just like a i mean like wenzel said a fucking like sparring dummy because <laughs> i i think i said it looked like he kicked a muppet for yeah. the Gen Z fans, yeah. uh, uh, it's like that one vine of the little kid saying, I'm about to sing you a song, and it gets knocked down by his brother with a pillow. Actually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Weird that you said yeah. Gen Z, because I don't consider Vine really Gen Z's thing. Well, Gen Z was like teenaging teenagers when that shit was popping. How old are Gen Zers now? I think the oldest is 20... Maybe? It's whatever Tanner's age is. <laughs> and nobody knows that. So 27? <laughs> How old are you, Tanner? 28? Yeah, 27. Okay, there we so go. 27. Am I Gen Z? Because I watched something the other day that was like, ah, millennial. 1981 to 1998. I have never heard of millennial in 98. No. That's There's not no right. way. I'm not a fucking no. millennial. I'm I, know, right? like, I wouldn't consider into a millennial. That is, that is disgusting. What yeah, I've offended. So I know. Also, I've heard millennial. I, I, it's so weird because like the most common one I hear is millennial ends in ninety five, but also Gen Z starts in ninety five. I don't fucking know. No, I don't know. Where am I? No, all three of us were Gen Zers, Zoomers. It's just that I believe that Tanner has so much more exposure to millennial type of kind of and radiation society. Imagine dragons, radio radioactive. That hey, we all hey, we all listen to radioactive. Okay, yeah, yeah, we all did. I, I will agree. But uh, anyway, um, yeah. So I Tanner had more exposure to millennial type of stuff so me and cole we were kind of we definitely were more um what's the word uh gangster 
we're more gangster, yes, but we're more like we've been kind of bathing, setting in the Gen Z ooze longer. Yeah, so. like how old were y'all when y'all got cell phones? Oh, I was like nine. Uh, what? Yeah, I got mine in like 2008. Was it a what was it? It was like a slide phone. I don't know the brand, but it was like oh. one of those like you had to slide it up to get the number pad. How old were you, Wenzel? I was like 14. Oh, fuck, Wenzel. Well, you're fucking ruining my point. Okay, I was like 13. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> but it seems like somewhere between me and y'all is when people started getting cell phones as children. Um, Where, like, people my age still didn't get cell phones till like, they were teenagers. Like, definitely, like, a, like middle, seventh, eighth grade middle school, where it seems like y'all and, like, people like, uh, like my younger brother's age, I guess, got their phones when they were like eight that applies to me it works i don't know but then wenzel completely ruined my point and wenzel just got his <laughs> first cell phone last week so i don't i don't fucking know anymore <laughs> uh but back to this uh so we like the last fight obviously what do we think overall though of the fighting of the choreography i thought it was pretty solid but i don't really have a frame of reference because i haven't seen many MMA movies from this time frame or MMA movies in general. Well, so I, I watch quite a bit of, I will just say contact sport. I watch, I watch kickboxing. I watch regular MMA boxing, even like certain promotions, professional wrestling, like UWFI, uh, pro wrestling rings, you know, pride, all that shit. Uh, the fact that like, there was moves pulled off and specifically done by Bruce Lee, who I, I think we have established canonically as probably one of the best athletes of all time. Um, yeah. just from, well, I mean, I, he was an athlete, but just, he was a very athletic person. No, he was yeah. an athlete. Um, Dude. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, but like, he, he yes, he's an athlete, e-sports. but he didn't technically play a sport is what he I'm didn't play to say. League of Legends, Dota, that is Overwatch. True. Yeah. Bruce bad, Lee never got to play Overwatch. Um, and there's, there's people like in today that still can't do some of the shit Bruce Lee did. And part of that, you know, is that he could technically fly with only being 135 pounds and five foot seven in pure muscle. He could levitate off the ground. People can't do that now, but it's so from my frame of reference of what I've seen and just like real sport and like actual quote unquote martial art movies, I guess that I've watched like this. I mean, this holds up just as well as any of the other ones. Now this doesn't have like mm, maybe like the epic flair of like a John wick per se. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But that's just like, that wasn't even that's unfair to you. That's like comparing a fucking 2023 car to a fucking Model T and putting them on the, you know, speedway and being like, all right, race, whoever wins is the better car. I mean, you know, yeah, it's just kind of fucking unfair in that way. But I I thought this movie or the action sequences in particular held up extremely well. I, I don't I don't think there was a single bad action sequence in the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, because I was going to ask, I think this would be kind of a nice scale for all the summer fisting movies is how was the 
energy, you know, because with in my opinion, I think when it comes to movies that focus specifically on hand-to-hand combat or fighting, there's a certain energy to it, you know, mm-hmm. like an energy that like gets you hyped up being like, yeah, I want to go, you know, just roll around the room or something. So like, <laughs> so like on a scale of one to 10, where would we say the energy is at? Like, you know, everybody uh, can say their own. Rating, I, I but... think personally, and this does, I gave it a four on letterbox. I think the energy is firmly at an eight for okay. this movie. Uh, I th- with the pure because obviously there is a Dudrock energy to this movie. I mean, they're on this island, they're fighting, they're killing, they're fucking, they're fucking. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It's just this movie oozes testosterone, brother. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I'd probably go an eight. <laughs> okay, nice. When it comes to the energy, like, like I gave it four stars as well because really enjoyed my time with it. But when it comes to like the energy, I'd probably give it a seven because okay, like I didn't feel the need to run around the room smashing shit, but I really did enjoy my time there. Now, okay. like eight and above for me is when I start kicking shit and like stabbing people no i definitely could have fought one of y'all after this movie oh, okay what about you wenzel uh i i have to go actually in the middle uh i'd say 7.5 um i i i kind of you know it was it was a good it had i think a good energy to it and like you said you know i didn't really feel the need to go kind of run around the room but if i wanted to do just one pop off try and fly i felt i could do that so I say 7.5, and so that makes the average energy for this film a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, that fits. Yeah, and and like they said, too, our movie ratings, they were all 4 out of 5, so that's also mm-hmm. an average of 4 out of 5, 4 out of 5 yeah. stars out of 5. Um, yeah, I mean, like, obviously, too, with this movie, like, we we did want to start with something, like, pretty, because, again, we none of us are, like, Martial art, kung fu expert. Uh, speak in, for yourself. But... In movies, in movies, we just haven't seen a bunch of them. Obviously, we all are trained and could kill with our bare hands. <laughs> oh yeah, if tasked. Yeah. We all had but, to get licenses for our yeah. Hands. Um, but as far as seeing it on film, we are not experts, so we thought this movie was a very easy port of entry. Um, and I'm not saying any of the movies we're watching are real deep cuts but we are getting progressively like especially as they get more modernized a little bit weirder a little bit more stank on them this, this yeah. is pure essence martial art bruce lee random white guy movie yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh yeah no i mean because it's like it's what pops everything off basically you know yeah i mean like we've said it, yeah, I mean, you could argue if this movie didn't come out when it did. Also, I do. I mean, I do think you have to at least tie a little bit of it to the untimely death of Bruce Lee. But if this movie doesn't have as much of a global impact as it did, a could have killed the whole fucking genre dead in the water, and then we would have never got like fucking Jackie Chan. Uh who is one of the biggest fucking movie stars ever, uh, you know, yeah. kill a whole genre. But also I don't think there would have been even a remote fucking interest 
in what we would get in the late 80s, early 90s with the advent of like mixed martial arts promotions with your pride, with your UFCs and stuff like that. I think it would have stayed pretty regional and that extent. And I don't think you would have these global fucking brands. I mean, now you have UFC, I guess you have, I don't know, Ryzen or whatever, but I also, I honestly, without these movies, I don't think like the whole fucking influencer boxing thing even happens. Cause I don't think people end up just not fucking caring about it. Um, so yeah, that's <laughs> that's my yeah. take. Yeah, Huge cultural uh, significance. Five, yeah. 10 out of 10 cultural significance. I mean, yeah, it, I mean that's also like that's also the reason why in it got put into the uh National Film Registry was because of its significance. That was yeah. in 2004. Um It was better yeah, being no. knock out Johnny Knoxville without Enter the Dragon. I can't say no. Yeah maybe like it is wild to think and then also too like if you compare it to like like tanner was saying before about stuff now you know it, it's really tough too because like back like for this film almost everybody in here is a trained fighter for the most part but they can't actually beat the shit out of each other you know they have to they actually have to do stunts and act and all this stuff yeah so it's, it's like, fuck, it's pro wrestling so it, it's like it to see like the amount of control and uh and like basically like the thought into the effects and choreography is something also to consider and i think is really interesting to compare to nowadays where we can pull off some crazy shit and make it look real yeah uh, <laughs> and, and it's fucking keanu reeves yeah or, <laughs> it's not a you know by any or, stretch of the imagination like a fucking master of the martial arts now, now Keanu Reeves did get training for the John Wick films. Those are yes. kind of fun to look at, but yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I should also mention too the raid because there's some crazy shit in the raid that would not be possible uh, without special effects like today. Yeah, I'll just say that. Um, yeah. Uh, Got anything else to say about the movie? Anything else? Yeah. Watch it again. I, I know a lot of you listening to this have probably watched it before. Watch it again if it's been a while because this movie just rocks. This is a great movie. Turn on, get some friends over, get some fucking Zaw pizzas, and just watch watch Enter the Dragon or get some Zaw slurping. You know? What oh I'm yeah, I see. Really hickey. good. Oh, oh. Get talking that. about marijuana. No, you're not supposed to say it. I believe I can't wait to smoke weed with you. Oh, get the fuck away from me. What did you say, Wenzel? <laughs> there is a funny picture on Twitter where a guy sends a message to one of their friends and it has a big ass like emoji face with buck teeth saying, I can't wait to smoke weed with you. But I do it in this kind of funny like voice. And uh, whenever he sends that message, though, the guy replying is like, Get away from me! <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I feel like now one of y'all sent that in the group chat a couple of days ago. Because <laughs> I, I, it was me, because I, I definitely sent it in there and I retweeted it. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say I think I remember seeing it now. Yeah, it's this so good. good. I can't wait to smoke weed with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I read it. <laughs> yeah, go check it out. Uh, get a milkshake too if you want. Yeah, do whatever you want.
Just watch the movie. I don't could tell you what to do. Yeah, we can't tell you what to do. I mean, we can't. I mean, you do whatever you want. Send me $500. If you want to. Listen, I'll give you eight to three odds. You won't send Colt $500. <laughs> yes. <laughs> who who wants to take it? I'm going to bet five to one that they won't send Colt $500. That's fucking crazy, Wenzel, because I just set the odds at eight to three. So. Well, that's crazy because I'm betting five to one. Ten to zero. <laughs> you can't! <laughs> uh, should we go into plugs? Yeah, plug yeah. it. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the first Summer of Fisting. I no- <laughs> just now noticed that Wenzel made the doc Summer of Fisting, comma, punch one, enter the dragon. Are these even going to be episodes? I don't know. Probably. Bang, bang. You can uh, check me out on Twitter at Tanner1495. Also, follow the podcast at AYCH Podcast. Go listen to all of our podcasts uh, on the AYCH Extra feed. A new episode of Instruction Booklet drop. Go check that out. Guess what? New episode of Backlog Boys dropping on Wednesday. We talking all sorts of shit. We flew Wenzel specifically into the Philippines. Y'all ain't heard Wenzel in months, and he's back. Um, yeah. So definitely check that out. Twitch is on... I don't want to say a hiatus. I just got really busy at work. And uh, after recording this, I'm literally going off the fucking grid ski for a week. So uh, give me like two weeks to get the Twitch back up and rolling. Uh, we'll be doing some Street Fighters, some cool shit like that. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Muscle Orchestra. Again, I'm going off the grid. So uh That'll come back soon, especially with uh, the G1 probably popping off. I mean, it is popping off soon, but yeah, check all that out. My name Colt. Follow me on Twitter at Colt D zero zero. I'm sending a tactical pug to your location, and it's going to kick your ass. It's going to fuck you up. Uh, damn. Uh, yeah. Thank you for all for uh, thank you for listening. I'm Wenzel. Follow me on Twitter at Wednesday Wilkie. Follow my art Instagram at World of Wednesday. Follow my bookstagram, Wenzel Banters. Uh, my store isn't open yet, but it will be soon. Or it might be open when this comes out. Anyway. This comes uh, out that- tomorrow. For reference. Oh, so, oh yeah, no. it does. <laughs> it's not going to be open tomorrow. <laughs> uh, uh, but my store, though, if you uh, are curious, it's worldofwednesday.bigcartel.com. But... All my links for everything will be in my um, link tree, which is in my bio for everything. So go check that out. Go check out Backlog Boys. Go listen to everything. Uh, yeah, thank you. Y'all want to hit them with the intro one more time before we go? Why not? All right, hit it, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet woo.